Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Kyla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could be here to join us. Before we get in the Word, promise can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for opening the doors for us to go through and not closing them until you're done with the door or we refuse. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. That was an interesting prayer. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well. It's all right. If that's how you're being led by the Spirit, sir, then you pray how he leads you to pray. Well, let's not forget Don't to welcome. Don't close the door on the Lord. Yes. Let's not forget to invite the Holy Spirit in. All right. To teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to have his way. Mm-hmm. In this study, to reveal himself to us, mm-hmm. teach us his ways, okay? Mm-hmm. Ask for everybody. Let's let's ensure that we do that. Yes, Dad. Yes, the Lord's always here. He's always with us. But let's make sure we, we invite him and give him that place. It's mm-hmm. his place to have, yeah? Yes. yes. All right. <clears throat> so now we are going to continue our study in First Peter, beginning in chapter 2. Can I get a volunteer to read the first three verses, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that they may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is is gracious, sorry. Mm -hmm. All right, so begin with you guys. What's the Holy Spirit ministering to you out of this section of Scripture? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Excuse me, Dad. I have just a quick little question. Yeah, please ask. What is it? When Peter says his new newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, is he like making the analogy of like how hungry babies can be? Like every two hours they need milk. Yes, they make sure. Excuse me. They make sure they are being fed. Right? Yes. They ensure. But just not unlike your brother. Right? No one, there's no clock or watch or anything needed to tell him when it's time to eat. He already knows. He knows exactly what time it is. And he's not and he's a, a Right? And he's, he's not an infant. Mm-hmm. Well, in the same way, infants have to be fed and very select time intervals so that they can grow, so that their body gets all the nutrients and everything that it needs that they can grow strong and healthy. Mm. We are the same way or need to be approach things in that same manner with Christ, constantly coming before him, being fed, filled with him, with his word. He is the bread of life, right? That's that's what Jesus said. Ensuring that we are growing strong and healthy in him. That makes sense. Okay. 
What else? <clears throat> what else? Oh, me? Yes. Um, and then he says in verse 3, if you ha- if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. <laughs> Does that mean like um they the Lord has done something from the, for them and they get a small quick glimpse of what he's like and then they go after him? Sure. There's a lot in there. Right. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 2. Because there's a lot in here, right? So taste it and see that the Lord is good is also talking about coming into Christ, right? the beginning of our relationship with him. And I believe it's verse 14. <clears throat> yes, it is verse 14. We're going to start in verse 13, where it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle of the wall of separation. Right? And then in verse 17, he says, And he came and preached to you, talking about Christ, who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we have both access by one spirit to the Father. And of course he continues, and we're going to cover some of that here in, in the remainder of this chapter. But... What does it say about the Lord? Every good and perfect thing comes from above. From the Father of lights, from the Lord above. It says there's in him there's no deviation, there's no shadow of turning. Right? Yes, says the Lord, yes. I change I am the Lord, I change not, is what he says. And then because of who he is, which is how he describes himself in Exodus thirty four, well, I'll say five through nine. And you see what happens there. But that's the Lord's account of himself. And in there is that what, why there is a second half of that verse. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore you are not consumed. How does he describe himself? Merciful. Merciful and gracious and compassionate. Right? Those are all good things. And then how are we to be? The same way. The same way. Since I am holy, you'll be holy, Right. Paraphrase version of what the Lord's saying. Or be holy for I am holy is the actual scripture. So we are to be the same way. Or who else can wash away sin and iniquity and guilt? No one. No one but Jesus. No one but Jesus. Because he shed his blood to wash away all our sins. And there's plenty of scriptures for that. I'll let you research that on your own, right? But it's in there. Look look it up. Study the word, right? To, yes. to not just take our word for it, but to see if what we say is true. Let the Holy Spirit minister that to you. All right? Yes, Dad. 
What about the very beginning? <clears throat> Where he said, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Mm-hmm. So, put off your old man. Well, isn't that what he was talking about in right before this chapter, right from verse 13 on? It was how to live before our Heavenly Father. Right? And in verse 14, he says, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but what? Being conformed to the image of Christ, as Roman, uh, yes, Romans 18. Roman, no, sorry, Romans 18. Romans 8, 20. Um. Let's see, I gotta find it. 829. Yes, thank you. When we foreknew those he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we should look like Jesus. And yes, I know we are made in his image. Absolutely. But it's deeper than that. When they when people Look at us. They should see Christ in us. By not just our words that we we say or speak, but also by our actions. Mm. Now, no, it's not just about the actions either. It's not just about the words. It's not just about the actions. But it's both working together in harmony with our Father, saying what the Holy Spirit has instructed us to say and or do, because the Holy Spirit first received it from the Father. Same as with Jesus. That makes sense. Okay. Anyone else? No. What about you, Promise? I'm flipping away quite rapidly over there. What What's the Holy Spirit ministering to you, sir? So, in the first verse of chapter 2, I noticed it said, Therefore, lying aside all mouse in the, sorry, lying aside all mouse, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all. All evil speaking. Mm-hmm. The Lord should show me that. With that, it wasn't just coming, oh, I wonder what the Lord is, but going, well, I know these two and two. Two and two do not equal five. So I'm going to do the right kind of math, if you will, to go find more find more about this thing well the lord okay fill in some more details there for me yes please. what you're saying so you listed off um things that we're supposed to lay aside which means to put them away put them down and not use them or engage in them anymore so what else are you trying to say there that like nebuchadnezzar and Daniel's 
sorry, and Daniel, that he was, he wasn't just going. He was wondering about the Lord, but at the same time, some of the stuff he was doing was falling off of him. If you know what I mean. We're getting there. So Nebuchadnezzar was curious about the Lord, but he still had other habits and traits that lined up with what we're seeing in Second Peter here that were malice or malicious, deceitful, um, full of hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that like with for the whole section that we're reading where it's talking about the new baseball running for the milk of the word, mm-hmm. that the Lord is showing that with Nebuchadnezzar, that he was curious, originally he was curious about it, and he was going, well, what is this? And that he was, when the Lord is drawing him in, he's pulling away all of his stuff. So Nebuchadnezzar. Well, it was described in bad traits. Okay. So as as the Lord drew Nebuchadnezzar in, he started to put away the bad traits. Is that? Yes. Oh, okay. And when he fully got in, that he was like, well, I want some more of this. So he kept on going and didn't stop halfway and go, well, this is all right. I already found out, then backtrack and go back the way he came. Okay. Initially, he did have a little bit of wavering there and didn't want to acknowledge God. But then after he spent some time outside with eagle feathers, thick hair like eagle's feathers and talons and eating grass like an ox, then he was able to look up and came to himself once he acknowledged God as being God over everything. And then his his sensibilities that are a part of humanity came back to him. I mean, to stand upright, get off... All four, stop eating grass, think and talk like a human being, but reverencing and acknowledging God. And as far as we know, he didn't go backwards from that up until this point, right? Yes. Okay. I get what you're saying. All right. And like, oh, go ahead. Somebody say, going to say something? I was. Okay. Uh, what I also think he was getting at in these verses is, if you guys will flip me to James 3. Mm-hmm. My brethren, wait, verse 1. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it 3, verse 1? Chapter 3, verse 1? Yes. Okay. My brethren, not let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, then word. He, in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. That's where we'll stop. What the Lord was showing me is that in First Peter, he was also saying that lay aside all these bad traits. That way you're able to teach others how to correctly walk in the word and how to and correctly, uh, I'd say, glorify the name of God and become a good example. Because like Dad said, little kids, they look up to their parents even if they're doing wrong, they still try to. Anyways. Yes, mm-hmm. they still try to copy it because that's what they see. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So he was saying to lay off all these things so that way you become an example for others to follow. That leads them to Christ mm-hmm. instead of to yourself and the devil. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, these these things that he listed also stifle the growth of the mm-hmm. individual believer. Before you can be a good example to someone else, you have to be walking in the right way, is what you're saying. And the process that we go through from birth to mature adulthood first starts with milk, right? Yes. And yes. then it begins to adapt. Then you go to cereals, then you go to meats. Then you go, you know, meats chopped into tiny pieces and then bigger pieces. And then you get a whole steak on your plate and then you're able to turn and cut the steak for someone else and decide, okay, I should chew this first or I should call it, cut it into a small piece. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, the, the early steps of us and he correlates laying aside these things and he pairs them beside the pure milk that happens in infancy. So this is a first step of coming into the body of Christ. You know, when you come in, put these things aside. Don't propose that you're going to be able to continue to be a hypocrite, um, have malice talk, being deceitful and envious and speaking evil, and that you're going to mature in the word of God or in the life of a believer. You're not. It will hinder your maturity. So he's saying at the first steps, just like a babe coming out of the womb, that baby cries. It doesn't necessarily know what it's supposed to have in there, but it knows it's supposed to have something. And it's up to the mother to put the right thing in place. And then the baby begins to eat. And they may go, yeah, it's a nasty flavor, but they don't really know that. Or they may enjoy it, but most of the time they just go straight for it. They don't have any... Um, Their palate's not refined. Exactly. Um, so necessarily know what they need or like per se. They just know they need something to grow. They just know. even if they don't know that they're growing as a result of it, mm-hmm. they know they need something and they are hungering for it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So sincere milk is being paired with laying off these fleshly attributes or behaviors that we partake in outside of Jesus Christ. And as it being vital and essential to the growth of the believer and the maturing. But there's, yes, and it's a great start the, to know the why, though. Right? That's what we're all, you all search for. Paul writes about something very similar in Ephesians chapter 4. It really begins at verse 17 and goes to the end of the chapter when he's talking about the new man. Right? And... He, he exhorts people to not walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, right? And in verse 21, he says, If indeed you have heard him, who is Christ, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, then he exhorts us that you put off concerning the former your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed by the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he gives them exhortations. Don't lie. Don't be angry. right? Don't sin. Don't steal. But then he, in verse 30, we really get to the why. All those things, malice, deceit, right, that Peter is talking about. He says in, in Ephesians 4, verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you 
with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The why is that so is so we do not grieve the Lord. We do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. what is the role of the Holy Spirit? To guide us into all truth and show us things to come. To teach us, to, to, to take from the Father, right, what the Father wants to accomplish and teach us and show us and disclose it to us. How is he going to be able to accomplish that if we keep fighting with him or grieving him? Making the, the his role difficult. We can't. You will, you will end up missing out. Or if, even if it's a, a teacher in regular school, at whatever level, right? Preschool, kindergarten, middle school, high school, university. How are you going to receive the instruction if you refuse the instruction? How are you going to grow? How are you going to learn that thing? And in so doing is growing and moving to the next step or the next level, the next phase, getting what you need for that. You're not. Exactly. It won't work at any level. It doesn't work in, in the natural realm. It doesn't work if a, your boss or your manager is training you. Right? For the yes. next thing, if you can't take the the essential truths and apply them, if you refuse, and not only just refuse, but go out of your way to make it difficult and to grieve them, how do you expect to, one, grow, and in the, the aspect of work or employment, how do you expect to keep that job? To retain that place. Okay. Now, no, the Lord is not going to fire us, but the concept is still there, right? If it's a teacher, if it's an employer, if it, right? What what motivation do, you, do they have to continue to to pour in, to sow in, to teach you, to train you, so that you and your way, your life can be improved? Whether that's in the form of you know making more financially, right, pay raises and such. Or just the ability to get a better job, whether that's in the employment realm or in school, preparing for, well, the workforce. Right? You, if they're frustrated because you won't do the certain things that they're teaching you, why would they continue? Why would they take the time, effort, and energy? They don't know you anything. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's, it is different to a point with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord because they they are the Godhead. Right? Yes. yes. They first loved us and... Jesus gave himself for us. So we already covered that just in what we were discussing today. It's important and matters. But then because he first loved us, even when we were afar off, 
and we're doing all those things, now that we have come into the body of Christ and covered by his blood, we should now change our behavior being imitators of God. Right? That's what Peter or Paul talks about. But it's the same thought, if you will, that Peter is getting at. Right? You notice the, the language is very similar at the end of Ephesians 4 and at the beginning of 1 Peter chapter 2. It matters. We should not grieve the Holy Spirit. We should be quick to be obedient, to hear what he says, and to do it, apply it to our lives. Any questions on that? No. No. Anything else anyone wants to add? No, No. I do. All right, Kyla. What I kind of got out of the first verse was that it's the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about. All these things are what Paul describes as a hindrance to receiving these things, like being, he tells you, don't be envious of anyone because it's hard for you to receive what the Lord has for you if you're constantly jealous of somebody else. This is my paraphrased paraphrased version, of course, but you see that in hypocrisy that hinders your growth, your spiritual growth, but also you receiving the fruits of the Spirit. And it goes on to say that you're, if you're double-minded, which is hypocrisy, thinking there's a standard, one standard for you and a different standard for somebody else, and the rules don't apply to you, that's being double-minded. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can't be malicious or have malicious intent or thoughts and still be loving. Mm-hmm. Or kind. Exactly. Or peaceful. <laughs> no. or, or joyful. Or right, any of the other, any of the fruits of the Spirit. Yes. So, yep. Go ahead. Keep going, Kyla. No, that was it. Okay. So these, if you practice in these kinds of behaviors or allow them persist, it's in direct opposition to developing and cultivating the goodness that God wants to cause to come to arise on the inside of you and be made manifest in your life. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Are we ready to continue? Yes. All right. Can I get a volunteer to read? From verse 4 to verse 10, please. I will. All right, Charles. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lot... I lie in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will be, who, okay, let me start. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. 
But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. There is a lot in here. So, as we begin to unpack it and discuss it, uh, first, I want to hear from you guys. What's the Holy Spirit ministering to you? Go ahead, I promise. Uh, I'd first like to talk about in Matthew through John that kind of like how the Pharisees there actually throughout the whole Bible from the New Old Testament to the New Testament, how the people were rejecting the Lord and how. When they rejected the Lord, the Lord exposed more of them, if you will. Exposed them how? Like with the Pharisees, when Jesus rejected that the Lord, the Lord was exposing like their hypocrisy and all the things that Paul, sorry, Peter was talking about in this book, in the last section we read about. Okay, so... Make it a little bit more clear for me, sweetheart. So, how did Jesus expose their hypocrisy? Was it just his mere presence that caused them to reveal who and what they were on the inside? Or is there something else that you're alluding to? What I'm saying is that just the fact that Jesus was there and what he was saying that was correct that the, when the Pharisees were posting it there being deceptive and trying to go, well, if we say this, then all the Jews will be in an uproar or will get removed. Okay. So the Lord showed me that just the, all that Jesus did on earth as a human being just exposed Everything that they're trying to hide. Okay. The Bible says that the word is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's a good, um, it's able to divide the bone, the joint from the marrow and the soul from the spirit. It is a revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And who is the word? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the word. So, naturally... Not naturally, but uh, accordingly, his presence, divine truth, being made manifest, causes us to, um, you know, adds a little bit of heat, if you will, and causes what's not pure to come to the surface so it can be dealt with. You look puzzled. Did that that confuse you, Layla? No. I was just thinking about something else. Oh, okay. You care to share with us? I will act the promise is done. Okay. Thank you. And like when the people that were going along with Jesus and going, okay, Lord, this is what you have for me, that the Lord was opening doors for them. Mm -hmm. Like, and I believe it was Acts. Yes, it was Acts when the Pharisees were threatening the apostles 
that they said, No, they weren't just getting pushed on and going. Oh, well, the Lord had opened a door for them at that time so that they could preach more. Mm-hmm. They did ask and for that. Mm-hmm. not just get pushed over and mm-hmm. stay pushed over. Mm-hmm. So they were taken and they were beaten up a little bit and told not to teach in the name of Jesus anymore. But instead they said, no, is it right for us to obey God or man? And then they went back home and prayed with everybody and they asked God for more boldness to speak the word as they ought. And then the Holy Spirit revealed himself and manifested again, right? And and gave them a fresh anointing to go and continue doing the work that God called them to. Yes, and each time they allowed the Lord to work in them, the Lord was still opening doors and not going. Well, I just opened one door, so that should be enough for you to open all the other doors. Hmm. But all the other doors have different keys than the door you just unlocked. That is true. That's why it's important that we keep our hand in his, right? Yes. Okay, and to keep going. Finish the first task, and then we get to the second task, and... We trust and believe and let God open the door that he desires and keep moving forward. Okay. God is a good God, and he's faithful to begin or to finish the work that he began in us. He's faithful to complete it. What else you got? That was it. Thank you for sharing that, sweetheart. Go ahead, Layla. I would like to start in verse 6 and read through 8 where it says, this is 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, it is also contained or written in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him, that is Christ Jesus, will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. There are kind of a, a, quite a few points I'd like to touch on with that. First, um, we are the salt and the light of the world. That's how Jesus had called us and said that was our role. And in the absence of light, it is very easy to stumble. You, I'm sure many of you have walked into the closet at night with no lights on, trying not to wake the rest of the house, and you wake them up with your thumping and you're falling because you couldn't see. You tripped over a shoebox or... A clothes rack at the bottom of it and here you go crashing to the ground and it kind of hurts when you fall you're like ow like bang my elbow up or scrape my knee and so what happens was in when we're disobedient our, the absence of god's light is is the god's light is absent i'm sorry that was backwards and we stumble around because we can't see where we're going and he is the light that we need so that we can continue moving forward and kind of to the point of what Promise talked about, the Pharisees, they rejected Jesus. They cast him out of the synagogue and tried to throw him off a cliff and get them out because they didn't want their stuff to be exposed. And that's all for disobedient children. But the ones that believe on him, Jesus was very precious to them. You saw Martha going and sitting at his feet ministering to Jesus and the woman that cried her tears washed her, her his feet with his tears and wiped it with the head, the hair of her head. And the other woman that anointed him at Bethany, they were pre- Jesus was precious to them 
because they held him in high esteem and they put him as a chief cornerstone in their life so that Jesus could build a spiritual house that, that we're supposed to have, the right one. All who build without the Lord labor in vain, right? We, we see that in various other scriptures. So it's important that we don't esteem him lightly and go, oh, it's just a small thing, Lord. Your word and your instruction is just a small thing. You said don't steal. Well, it's just five bucks. It matters. Because he brings the light, and there's a reason. He doesn't tell you stuff just for his health. Because, well, he's the healthiest person ever. And <laughs> he's it, God. Yes. So it's it's yes. all for our benefit. So we'd be wise not to reject him and cast him out and then go stumbling around blind. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that scripture. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. And I'm sure that's something that also resonated with Peter in this, is if you look, think back to what the discussion that Jesus had with him was. He said, I say that you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus is clearly talking about himself. He is the rock, he is the foundation. Mm-hmm. All right. Paul makes that right and clear, right? A foundation laid by the, the prophets and apostles. Right. Yes. Well, so he's talking about the foundation as Christ, right? Because he also says, like a wise master builder, I build a f- upon the foundation, and he makes it very clear: the foundation is Christ mm-hmm. in that scripture, right? Yes. So, but you also brought up about how yes, they were rejected by men, right? Jesus yes. being rejected by men, and Peter brings the same thing up here. But whose account matters? What people say. Or what the Lord said. Because even though people, and that's what it's getting at, even though people said, or dismissed him, dismissed Jesus, it said that he was precious, is precious. The Father, at the the Mount of Transfiguration, said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Not people, right? It's the only opinion that matters is the Lord's. If he's pleased, then you, we, I, me, who, everybody is good to go. Right? It's not about yes. what someone else thinks or says. It's about what the Lord says about the situation. So it matters. But you can see here what, what that conversation that Jesus had with Peter about, about building the church clearly has been being ministered to him. And he's, he's spent a lot of time considering it. And what that means. And I'm sure there's been this, there was a discussion with Paul, because Paul writes something similar in Ephesians as well, right? Yes. Chapter 2, verse, I'll say 19 through 20, 22. It says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets in Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So it's not that we're actual stones, right? And that's what Peter's getting at. But like a living stone, we have to be fitted together, aligned with Christ. In previous times, right? 
Yes. When they built buildings, they laid the cornerstone and everything was aligned to the cornerstone. It had to be, right? You can't have yes. bows in the walls and right? like from engin- an engineering standpoint, that's just not going to work, right? Then the, the structure is faulty, mm-hmm. which means it would give way or collapse. It had to be exact. It had to be perfect, which is a, in that exactly what's needed in that time, in that moment, and not just in that time, but for all time, as long as the building is to stand. So there's that being perfected piece, completely aligned with the chief cornerstone. And that's what Peter also is getting at here. He's encouraging us, hey, this is who you are to be. And then he continues it with, in verse 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's own people. And yes, that's for Jews, but he also, as we were reading in earlier scriptures, says, you were far off, but now you've been brought in. So it's both, and, and Paul makes this point, is for the Jew and the Greek, right, or the Gentile. If it's for both, it's for everybody. Jesus made the same point. He said, I have sheep not of this fold. So not just of the house of Israel, right? Yes. But this is for anyone that will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can come in and be a part of the body of Christ and the house of God, a people set aside, sanctified, set apart for the Lord. We have to make that choice. And by we, I mean you, for you. Will you present yourself as a living sacrifice, or as Peter says here, a living stone, completely aligned to the Lord, a dwelling place for the Lord? Does that make sense? Yes. Anyone else have anything they want to add? No. No. I just wanted to say verse 10 real quick. Verse 10 is, uh, I'll say the key, right? And there is the God's covenant, his plan, his will, and the purpose for all of us, right? It says, you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. God's will, plan, covenant, purpose for all is that he be our God and we be his people. Right? Yes. In order to do that, we have to be completely fitted and aligned with Christ. There's no other way. That is how, ultimately, we receive salvation and it's a coming into alignment, but then eternity with him. Any questions? No. No. All right. Well... Just no other questions or comments. Let's pause there for today. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> so we'll leave time for, for everyone to review this and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Um, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, I just thank you for this devotional. Lord, and I just thank you for allowing others to be able to come into our family, Lord, and just making it where... We're all family in you, Lord, that we can all share the knowledge that you have given us separately, Lord, and make it where we all can continue to grow, Lord. 
And Lord, I just thank you for the partners and the people who listen to this podcast, Lord. And I just thank you for what you have continued to do throughout your word, Lord, and the ministries that you have established in the world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.